I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time I'm skipping through them, I'd rather listen and change my mind Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind Your favorite guys, your favorite lines, change my mind I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time I'm skipping through them, I'd rather listen and change my mind Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind Your favorite guys, your favorite lines, change my mind Yeah Welcome back to another edition of the Change My Mind podcast. I won't change my mind because I don't have to because I'm an American. Yes, you are. And I am Wesley Sykes. Through the other side of the ether is the bendejo to my puto. It's Senor Nicholas J. Esquire, La Concha de tu Madre for hire. I actually, I actually don't remember what that is. That La Conte, what is that? I, I think this was this might be a rough translation. I just did a quick Google search there. I think that oh. was that's motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> so right off the bat, not even one minute in, we're already demonetized. Uh, not that they were making money from this anyway here, but sneaky part about the Blue Beetle movie is that they snuck in a lot of a lot of Hispanic swears. Yes, I did. I did catch that uh, that note looking through your things. And I, there were there were definitely moments where it's like they're, they're he said something they didn't translate it, and you know context clues and everything like that. Yeah. I've worked in enough restaurants to know what bendejo means. You know, I've heard puto. I've heard all of them, you know? Yeah, I, I think puto is, there's a Portuguese word that's similar to that, I believe. But not bendejo. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what that one is. That's asshole. Oh, oh okay. Mm-hmm. Duly noted. Okay, nice. So I am, I'm the asshole. Got it. Okay, cool. Right. Yes, yes. There we are. But we're, we're, there's no real winners here. I think if puto roughly translates to pussy right that's my imagination I, again i'm thought. no i'm no scholar there but you know we're just we're just ripping curse words right off the top here and the tone uh, early and often yeah exactly because this week we're going to be discussing the latest and greatest no no i can't say that dc movie blue beetle starring zolo mariduena uh bruno marquezine and Damien Alcazar and George Lopez. How about an easy one to end that out there? It was nice to see George Lopez there. But uh, before we get to all that, Nick, I'm supposed to be coming up with the intro question on the fly. Uh, oh, oh, this is it. We're, we're, it's all wedding related here. So it's all okay. wedding wedding related. Uh, you, what is the song that you and Lauren are uh, being introduced as or leaving leaving the aisle? Do you have that? Or is, is it? where it's in a church or is that not playing like that uh i don't recall the tr- what we're leaving from on the church i guess you can't really have like a pop song in a no like no that, no right? but yeah, it's yeah. i will tell you it's like um it just worked out this way it's either a mozart or bach like mm-hmm. it's like but it's like a standard church song i right, never yeah, knew yeah. it was mozart or bach so like you'll recognize it when you hear it how about introduction to uh the the reception I'm trying to think because we like some of the stuff we want to kind of keep close to the best. How about how about this? How about I counter your question with another mm. question and see if I can give you something maybe you'll appreciate a little more? Okay. Would you like to know who's sitting at your table at the wedding? I would. I would like to know here. As as someone who's going to be flying solo, I think yes. uh, it's important to do some reconnaissance work there. So make sure I have some talking points written down. Okay. So we're going to go with this instead. All right. So at your table, is do you have any guesses for who's at your table? Do you, do you want to throw those out there? Do you want me to just rip them off? No, just rip them off here. All right, cool. So there's a few people flying solo. There's you. Mm-hmm. There's a one Billy D, formerly of the Pop Culture Pile Driver podcast. Mm, I'm familiar. Yes, yes. And then our former resident guy in the chair, a one Tim Weisberg. Oh wow, nice, great. Yes. 
And then also at your table will be a pair of couples. Uh, mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. a former boss of ours who's now who will be representing the Boston Globe this weekend. Uh, that weekend, Brendan. Oh, Curry. I got. I got. Te- I, I. He texted us. I didn't get back to him on that too. I got to get yeah. back to him on that on that text thread there. Definitely Reese's uh, uh, peanut or or peanut M and M's over Reese's pieces for sure. He is yes one of our food experts. We haven't had him on mm-hmm, a long time. Maybe mm-hmm, we'll have to, mm-hmm. to revisit that at some point. And then also last but not least, also representing the DSG, a one Joe Gilmore and his lovely wife. Oh, awesome! I haven't got to meet his uh, his better half yet too, so that'll yes. be uh, that'll be nice. Oh, very fun stuff. There. Oh, okay. and my and my boss from work too. Oh, very nice. Okay, yes. so we get we get the whole gang there. Okay, yes. so um, how so is that ten people at a table? Is that I think it's ten or nine. I think it's yeah. just three singles and then four cup three couples. So. Now yeah, I've I've not. always stated that it doesn't matter who you get placed with as much as where the table is placed in the scheme of the uh, the rest of of the layout of the room. So if we're in all the way back, that means you don't think too too kindly of us. You want to keep us away from your family and your your closer relatives. That's that's generally what I've come to find. Okay, well you'll see where you're sitting. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> I I I honestly I didn't have a whole lot of say in the table location that was yeah. not that was not we did lauren well, and i actually didn't have a whole lot of say in it oh really yeah, yeah. but but you placed the people at the tables so. yeah no that was no that that's was, what i mean yeah oh wait so if, so if we're like furthest in the back if i got our table i didn't start saying that that's not what that's what i'm saying i sat you where with the table with the people that i wanted to sit you with that but, I felt- okay so once you have the people at the table the the venue then put like has like all right table nine's over here table eight's over here like, right that's what i'm saying family other family had say in who goes goes where more so i gotcha i gotcha okay i'm following now i was yes. gonna say how could you, how would they not give you final say on no that? they gave a they, i had they as far as they know okay. i had complete control but like lauren and i didn't as much because there's other uh, things, i gotcha family and sure whatnot. sure a lot of cooks in the kitchen i get it exactly mm-hmm. that's exactly mm-hmm. what it is yes we had um, we, you know at the time we had three moms uh all helping julia out there so you can imagine what that's like right i i don't really know if i want to imagine that <laughs> But yeah. Okay, so that, that's a good in lieu of the the Christmas or uh, the intro question. There. I don't know why Christmas was on my mind. I might be having a stroke right now. Every <laughs> time throughout one portion of the episode, you may question yourself at home, being like, "Did he just have a mini stroke there?" And that uh, that was one of it. So if you had that on your bingo card, jot that down. Happens uh, to both of us. I will say that. Many a time where I'm like, "Did I just fucking say that?" Yeah. What? I don't. I don't know. I don't have complete control of what's coming out of my mouth. Um, mm. But let's shift over to trending now in the news because we do have major control over that. Damn, son, where'd you find this? I saw this on Twitter today, or X, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but National Cinema Day is on Sunday, August 27th. If that day rings a bell to you, it should because it's the the day of of my birth. Uh, but on this day, uh, every movie in every showtime in every format will cost just $4 national cinema day. What would you go see for $4? And this is kind of a tough question because we've already seen a lot of movies already, but is there a recent movie that you haven't seen? Like if they were to put it back in theaters or, um, you know, in the last year or two or something like that? Well, I think right now the big one is that we kind of touched upon when we did our um, blockbuster episode is that we didn't we haven't seen Oppenheimer yet. So get to see Oppenheimer for four dollars and ideally try and see an IMAX. That's 
perfect to me. That's that seems like the that was the first one that came to mind. Of course, Barbie also came to mind. The wife has now been clamoring to go see that, which I think huh. is odd odd timing. Like in the moment, she didn't get Barbie Mania, but now she kind of wants to go see it. But I, I'd I'd be uh, up to go see that there. Another movie that I thought of, I didn't I don't think I'm not sure if you watched this in theaters, but I know I didn't. It was Dune. Oh oh yeah no wait a minute. I think that was on uh, HBO HBO Max. Was yeah, that an HBO Max release? I, I think you're right. Yes. Yeah. No, that's fair. I'm not big on seeing movies a second time in theaters. Like it has to mm-hmm. take a special movie or like if there's an instance where like I saw something and then my dad wants to go see it and he wants to see it with me that like certain somebody wants to go see the movie with me, then I'll do that. But that's really it. But it's definitely worth it. I worthy of that for sure. Like yeah, that. it's tough. But I'm saying if if there was one movie, I, I think I would generally agree with you. But if I had to answer that question, I think it might it might be Dune because yeah, where I didn't see that in theaters or again, I don't I don't, I think I've watched that at home. So yeah, I'm trying to. I don't know. I don't know. Because I, I know, know we were brave in the theaters. Oh yeah, we were. But I think at that point it's like, well, if they're gonna release it, you know, on HBO and we have HBO, we share an HBO account. Like, why are we gonna? Why are we gonna do right. that? Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know, but but you know, go to your local theater August twenty seventh. Go see a flick with the family. My you know, first... everyone always complains about the price of price to go take a family to a ball game to a movie theater. You know, it's outrageous. Four dollars, make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. My question is, has this been a thing for a long time? I've never heard of National Cinema Day. I know this is the first the first I've heard of it. Actually, okay. I think it's a cool idea. You know, I would imagine this is something you know that kind of got birthed in post COVID when all the movie theaters and everything were was doing were doing really badly. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, but you know, either way, I'm on board for it. It's good. It's good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Wait. Oh my god. Oh my god. What is this? Choo choo bitches. What? The train left the station very early. I'm not even sure if you got a chance to get your tickets, Nick. But nevertheless, we're moving the discharge depot up because uh, you know, actors and and writers are still on strike at the moment. There's not a whole lot of news there, you know. And you know, do we really want to talk about you know the the Snow White actress kind of being like, you know, kind of a stick in the mud about the old uh, Snow White? Like, no, that's already played out, you know. So, Nick, would you watch this weekend? You know, we we know you did the whole uh, Lord of the Rings uh, uh, watch party last week. Um. So, oh, you know what? I'm glad you remind. I forgot there was a horror movie that I watched. I forgot to jot this down. But I do want to say, Wes, that you um that we're doing a great impression of the MBTA. By the way, this is this feels very similar to that. Although, <laughs> oh, that's that's a good joke. That's a topical joke there. Yeah, Not really see, running on time, running off schedule. If you got your tickets, hey, you're shit out of luck. I'm sorry. We got. We actually were trying to use the MBTA this weekend, and then we found out. Oh no! Wait, the stop that we're trying to use. It's not like it, from Braintree to. Uh, I think North Quincy, mm-hmm. uh, whatever the one is right before JFK, UMass Boston on the Braintree line. They're not, they're not in service. They're doing construction, which, Hey, I get it. You got to do it and stuff like that. But it was uh, a little bit annoying to deal with that, but I'll get to that later. What I watched this week was a movie called cobweb that came out this mm-hmm. year. I don't mm-hmm. know if it was in theaters or whatever, but it was, um, Oh my God, what am I? I'm blanking on her name right now. Charlotte. Uh, but- <laughs> it was Charlotte's web. Yes, that, that's exactly what it was. Um, but Anthony Starr was in this. This is the first time mm. I've seen him in anything outside of being Homelander. Lizzie Kaplan was mm-hmm, uh, the mm-hmm, other big mm-hmm. name in now, this. Now, did you mean Anthony Starr? It's spelled Anthony. Yeah. Did I, say, did I say Anthony? Oh, no. I was just trying to be a, a wise oh. ass there. Yeah, this, of course. Um, so Anthony Starr and Lizzie Kaplan are a married couple in this. And this is a horror movie. And basically their son – 
and again, like I've, we've talked about child actors, how they can ruin a movie, especially when they're mm-hmm. the set, a big part. This kid, not knows brats. Woody Norman plays Peter. He's outstanding mm. in the entire movie. He's like hearing stuff in the house, and he's like a paranoid little kid. And you just don't know the entire time. Is there actually something going on in the house? Is there somebody like living in the walls? Is there like is like like the movie within which I talked about a little while back on here? Mm-hmm. This has terrible like ratings. I think it's like a five. Um, 5.9 on on IMDb and then a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. It scared the fucking shit out of me. 73% score by the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. So still fresh. Right. Okay. If if you're looking for a little horror thing to check out at home, this is fucking terrifying. Don't let your kids see this shit. And what is this? What is it? Platform is this on? Uh, we got it on Prime. I believe it was oh, okay. seven bucks on Prime. All right. All right. So worth of 73% on a horror movie. Yeah. Yes, that's true. That's Go shit your true. pants, you know? Yes. 70% on an audience and then 63 on the uh, tomato meter for the, the uh, critics. So still fresh. Um, But yeah, it scared the fuck out of me. All right. All right. Well. I think I'm going to scare the fuck out of your your wedding uh, guests because I'm going to be looking sharp, fresh to death, some may say. Uh, I got a couple of new suit jackets there. Uh, Black Navy, classic Navy. Black just need to update some of the classics in my wardrobe there. Uh, and this this is great. I got it at H&M. You know, it's like, you know, everyone's going to be asking who you're wearing, that sort of thing. Like, or you got you have to spend like a crazy amount of money. I'm, I, I don't know. I think these these suit jackets look pretty good. Eighty five bucks a piece. And uh, it, it just matches. I can mix and match everything, you know? Why did you go to H&M when you have a damn flashes right down the road from you? Oh, I don't have a damn fr- – I don't have that type of damn flash money. Okay. All it's, right. So you just – You have to talk to my boss about that, you know? Maybe I have to have that conversation. I've been mm, thinking about doing it. I would love it if you could. Just just be like, the Ben Affleck to my Matt Damon, or like my uh, my my consigliere, <laughs> just advise. You're Retainer. not going to have – I was expecting you to have comp. I've been telling everybody you're going to have the most complicated patterns at the wedding. <laughs> it's going to be between you and Billy D. And now it looks like we know who's going to win that one. It's going to be really awkward at the table. It, it might be Joe, to be honest with you, based on our, our, our conversations in the group chat. I mean, he likes, he likes to have a little pizzazz, you know, like a little extra flash there on uh, part the pun, but I, you know, some, some people have that flair. So there you go. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm more of an understated guy uh, right. when it comes to, to dressing up. Yeah. Let, I'm with you. Yeah, the, the, the clothes compliment the man, mm-hmm. right? Or is that the man doesn't compliment the clothes? I, I think that can work. Okay, we'll go with that. Sure. Makes sense to me. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But, you know, so I, I got a little upgrade on the suit. But the problem is, problem number two, I got a little car issue right now. Car won't start. Might need a new battery. Might need a new alternator. Who knows? But thank you to my mother for buying me a, a AAA plus membership every year since 16 years old. So still continues to do that uh, going on 20 years now. So um, thank you very much. Wow. That's going to come in handy for the toe. Uh, but the problem is, is I'm entering week three of my movie star body workout, the shrink wrap phase. And I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get my gains tonight at the gym. I need I need to enter the shrink wrap phase, Nick. Well, the beauty of that is, Wes, you can still do that pretty well at home. Mm, like you, you, I don't like, have a pull-up bar, though. That's the only thing is mm-hmm. the pull, is the pull-up bar. And, and I forget if you have two pull-up – do you have bands at home, though? I do. I do have some resistance bands, yeah. So um, you could do like a bent over row and try and like uh, like move it at a slower pace or something. Like that. Yeah, it's, like, it's not yeah. ideal. It's not mm-hmm. ideal. But if you, when you're in this kind of situation where 
I think I think when that's funny because when I had to do it the first time around, I'm pretty sure I got COVID. So I couldn't go to the freaking gym for like a week. And I was like, motherfucker, I just started doing this thing. And I'm finally at the shrink wrap phase and I have COVID. Like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? Yeah, that, that's Ugh. tough. That's Ugh. tough here. But I'm ex- the, the 30-second uh, breaks are going to kill me here. So that's going to be uh, interesting. But I like I like your uh, resourcefulness. I might I might do that. Yeah. Gotta, I mean, that is the beauty of it. It's like that. Because know, not everybody can go on strike. You know what I mean? Mm. Not everyone can afford that. Yep, our body certainly cannot go on. No, strike. not my gains. No, nope. that's that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, but um, other than that, I, speaking of the wedding, I am officially licensed to wed, so I'm very mm. excited about that. I thought that was the movie that you 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 saw. Isn't licensed <laughs> to wed like a, a Robin Williams movie? When I saw uh, that note in there, I'm pretty sure it is. And like John Krasinski, that would be. Fu- it is a movie. Yeah, it is <laughs> Robin Williams. Man, I thought Lord. I thought you and Lauren did like a wedding movie marathon type of thing. So uh, I was like, oh, or like starting to run through some stuff, you know? Gotcha. No, yeah, no, that's it's funny. It's, yeah, 2007. <laughs> we never heard but of that. You in my really life. got that? Okay, so that's good. That's so yeah. you're officially you're recognized by the state at this point, right? Yes, exactly. By the state of Connecticut, not you know Massachusetts mm-hmm. or New Hampshire, but that'll come. But it time. is a constitution state, so that's got to mean something, though. Yeah, it's got to carry extra weight. I, I, mm-hmm. e- easily mm-hmm. enough, though, it turns out like you, it's just to do it in that state, and then you're you're good everywhere else in the U.S. Yeah, they got to accept it. You know, it's like uh, the yeah, yeah, United yeah, it's not the States. Bar. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but also, we did a little trip into Boston. Wise, I mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. I do want to make mm-hmm. good on that. Have you ever been to the Oyster House? Uh, no, I've seen that many a time before, but I think I think that's where DeAndre Hopkins went and uh, got served the pork in his, his clam chowder. Oh, I could be I could be mistaken. I don't know. But that seems like the most famous uh, uh, clam chowder place to go. It, it Dude, that is the best chowder I've ever had in my life. No, it, it lives yet. up to it then, huh? Oh, my God. Like, yeah, it was I knew it was like so apparently it's the oldest restaurant in the United States um, had. Is it? Yeah, so it's been a like maybe there's an older building, but mm-hmm. like even then it's that's still gonna be in like you know New England-ish area. But it's been it became a restaurant in like the 18, 1827. Mm-hmm. Lauren had really wanted to go to it, and um, like why not? So it's like it came, yeah, I think it's like eighteen twenty-seven. I think is when it became a restaurant. Very interesting there. So you're you're sitting there with the likes of uh, who knew Ben Franklin wasn't around then, but uh, I don't know who, who's eighteen hundred. No, Roosevelt? but it was like, but it was it's been a building since like the seven sixteen hundreds, I think. So mm, okay, yeah, and it was used for like so military the, then, stuff. Then with the the John Hancock's and the, yep. the you know, all that stuff. Huh? Yep, Hancock's Adams. You might be right about uh, Franklin. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? He you did like he did like Boston. Yep. So, but it, but that chowder man, I'm telling you, like if it's like it may seem like a basic thing to do, but it is seriously. I, I had a sip of it. I love I like, a good clam chowder. You got to have it. I think the one thing I would question is like clam chowder in the middle of August in the dog days of summer. You know, like is soup is soup, uh, especially a milk based soup, uh, the mm. option to go to. You know. Yeah. No, that's that's a fair point. But we're not questioning me. We're we're questioning. Mm. The, we're mm-hmm. <laughs> I can get questioned up and down all day. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, you know, did you guys go out walking? I feel like you'd, it would be like a sluggish food. It was, a, it, I mean, sure it is, but um, it was, I mean, I just said a cup, not a bowl. It's a cup, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we were also, we were going on a boat, um, like for like a little boat ride thing. So it was, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, was, it wasn't that bad. I was like, it was pretty cloudy. So it was like in the 60s, not too humid. So all right, all I right, guess I got nice. lucky is what it comes down to. 
when I used to work at Legal Seafoods in uh, on Long Island, uh, I used to have carb loads. I was living in squalor in a college house there. So I would carb load at the end of the night and take the leftover mashed potatoes, one, two, maybe three scoops sometimes, and then take the leftover uh, uh, clam chowder and pour it over the mashed potatoes. And that is, you know, talk about a rib stick and meal. It is delicious. Really? Uh, highly recommend it. Yeah, that is an Irishman's dream. I am very curious. How, okay, we're gonna have to try this out sometime. I need I need to know what this experiment is like. It's good. I mean, you love mashed potatoes. You love clam chowder. It's like a consistency that goes really well together. I would also use uh, the Manhattan clam chowder with rice. Wow. Okay, that tomato makes tomato base. Sense it to just me. rolls right over. It, it works well. Yeah. yeah but the the, uh, the the New England clam chowder and mashed potatoes. If you if you want a carb load, uh, I highly suggest that. That's very interesting. Also, last thing before we get going, mm-hmm. I um, wanted to throw this out there to our listeners. I don't know how many Lord of the Rings fans we have out there. Based on the the, the debate that we had a few years back with Billy and Joe, um, it seems like we would have like a decent amount of ones. I finally started playing the game Lord of the Rings Rise to War. It's a mobile game, and it's like a strategy kind of thing where you're build you like you're taking over different territories and you're building things out, kind of like um. I never played Roller Coaster Tycoon, but I think it's kind of like that. Clash of okay. Clans, kind of okay. like that. Mm-hmm. So something that I've just started doing, I'm curious if we have any listeners that play it. Let us know um, mm-hmm, on, mm-hmm. on Twitter, please, because I'm just curious your thoughts on it. It seems like it seems awesome, and I've been sucked in. So the, the games, I'm, I've really cycled out of the game. Any sort of little games that I used to play, I really mm-hmm. don't. Sometimes I'll, I'll get a little Mario Kart if I'm feeling frisky on my phone. Uh, but that's that's really just about it. There's a mobile Mario game. Kart? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fun. It's a fun game. It's it's really easy, but it's uh, it's fun. I've pretty much just been doing like basic stuff. Like there's like um I don't know what the the number. There's a numbers game that I do, and then there's like a word search ish kind of game. Like mm, um, that's like, always good to have on a plane. You know, if you can yeah. if you can play that offline. Yeah. Like they're, they're like they're kind of brain teasery like. Mm-hmm, um. Mm-hmm. So I, I like those, but I'll tell you what, man. I fucking hate how the grid doesn't come out like at midnight because what we can do it first thing in the morning because that was how i was starting my day and now it's really i do i do like that but there is i i do my crossover nba grids in the morning so it's Um, that crossover six they also have football and baseball and basketball and all that stuff now so i do that and i also do the daily dozen trivia big oh yeah the daily dozen trivia which which does come out first thing in the morning okay Uh, so that's that's fun to do on uh while i'm taking a shit yeah no that's that's like for me it's like before i roll out of bed it's like all right i got this let's get me started jump start my brain it's amazing i, I at least have one good thing going on today that's good there you go. all right time. all right we're switching gears to the main topic here which is blue beetle Little little Blue Beetle uh, theme song there. Why don't you hit us with the synopsis, though, Nick? An alien scarab chooses college graduate Jaime Reyes to be its symbiotic host, bestowing the teenager with a suit of armor that's capable of extraordinary and unpredictable powers, forever changing his destiny as he becomes the superhero known as Blue Beetle. Wow, this movie is directed by Angel Manuel Soto and written by uh, Garrett Dunnett. <laughs> Garrett Dunnett. That's that's kind of a funny uh, funny first name there. That kind of made me a little chuckle. Garrett Dunnett Alcoser. Alcoser. I think you got that. 
Alcacer. There we go. Uh, starring Zolo Marijuana. Give me all the props in the world for that. Bruna Marquezine, uh, Becky G, uh, Damian Alcazar, George Lopez, Adriana Bazzara, uh, Belissa Escobedo, uh, Elpedia, Elpedia Carrillo, Susan Sarandon. Thank you. Uh, Harvey Guillen and Raul Max Trujillo. Trujillo. I think so. I think you got that right. That was, yeah. Well done, sir. I think yeah, you did a pretty yeah. good job for that one. So as for the box office and critic reception, this hauled in $43.4 million worldwide, $24.4 million domestic, the lowest domestic opening weekend in DCEU mm-hmm, history. Where did you get mm-hmm. that stat, Wes? I saw that on Twitter from okay. Discussing Film. Okay, that is uh, that's disappointing. Um, oh, mm-hmm. discussing film, yeah, they do they do a good job. Um, it's shooting six point nine out of ten on IMDb, and then it has a pretty significant split on Rotten Tomatoes, seventy six ninety two on Google mm-hmm. reviews. This is a three point eight out of five, and but three point eight out of five. Yet ninety two percent of Google users like this movie. Yeah, it's it's a messy metric there, but you know it's just good for reference points. Yes. Uh, but now what's not messy? This is. This is you can put it in stone. You can take it to the bank. Our mm. scores and tweet length review. I'll, I'll start, Nick, if you don't mind. Please do. Eighty-five out of a hundred. Uh, fun movie with a lot of heart, carried by the Reyes family dynamic, in my opinion. Uh, Blue Beetle doesn't do anything new in this kind of above-average boilerplate origin story, but does does a lot of things well. Uh, particularly the steamy on-screen chemistry between Zolo Maraduena and uh, Bruno Marquezine. Bruno. Bruna. Yeah. You've been you've been 50-50 on that. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. so this is this is this is the test right here. It's getting on that one. Um but uh but yeah, we're in I would say we're living in the on the same street in this mm-hmm, case. Mm-hmm. Um two point difference here. I gave it a little bit higher this time around, 87 out of hundred. The foundation of a superhero origin movie is still present, but this movie is all about its heart, both Jaime and his families. Uh very well and the action was very well done. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Okay. Now we got some of the fluff out of the way. Let's get down to brass tacks to the exit survey questions. Yeah. Mm. Uh, did this movie live up to our hype or, or our, our expectations? I think judging by the score, that's safe to say. Yeah, I think it exceeded it for sure. Um, the only the only expectation I really had coming into this was from the trailers that we'd seen the level of action that I expected, mm-hmm. the, the, the quality of it, and it definitely met it. So that was the only area where I would say it didn't exceed because they set up they set a reasonable bar in the trailers and they were right there. Um, and it eh, maybe exceeded a little bit because there's one scene that was really, really kick-ass. Um, but otherwise, like it was like I went in thinking, okay, we'll see what this is. I don't care about Blue Beetle, whether you're talking about Jaime Reyes or or Ted Cord or Tony Cord, excuse me, like it's whatever. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's much. Ted. I think it is Ted. It is Ted. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I no, but I, I agree with this. This exceeded my expectations. I didn't really have any, like you said, I didn't really know Blue Beetle uh, at all. So I didn't really come in with any preconceived notions. Um, and so this was a pretty low stakes, low investment sort of thing for me. But not only did this movie exceed my expectations, but I, I was also surprised by the uh, amount of seats that were filled in the Dartmouth movie theater at a one o'clock showing on Friday afternoon, which oh, nice. it, it was it was decently filled. Uh, and also kudos to me because I timed it out perfectly. I arrived 
just as the opening credits were starting. So I was very excited about that. Didn't miss a second, but missed all of the commercials and the previews. So that's awesome to hear. I'm happy for you. I timed it out on the nose on the nose. I was, I was pumped. I timed it out perfectly, but, but not in the way that you did it. I got there, got all my food, got set up, went to the bathroom. Totally had time to come back. That's a good move. Then I, it still hadn't started. And then I was like, oh no, did I lock my car? I'm like, I, I was like, I, and I had my iPad in there. I was like, ah, I don't know. So I yeah. ran out, locked the car, came back. Movie was starting right as I walked back in. Was it, was it unlocked or did you just stand away and just locked it and make sure? I just sure? stood away yeah, and locked yeah. it. I didn't care. The stuff was there mm-hmm. afterwards. So I, we were fine. There we go. You're good. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I like it. So that, that was good stuff for all the way around. We, we had some good luck on our hands yes, there. Look at that. Um, so in your opinion, this is, this is a fun question here. Blue Beetles powers, abilities, background is a blend of what three other superheroes. I think your assessment of it is, is pretty spot on. I think there's only the third one where I may be a little eh. So I don't well, want to I, I think there's there's a couple different ways that you can go out here, but the one that we'll talk about this here is uh Iron Man, Green Lantern, and Venom. Obviously, you know, the Ted, uh the Ted guy is more of like the Iron Man archetype there with having all of this genius tech, you know, Jaime Reyes really just kind of falls into and is chosen. Uh, but that's where the Green Lantern comes in, right? The ring chooses him, uh, much like the scarab chooses Jaime. Uh, and he can also create whatever weapons he can imagine right so that's uh where, where green lantern comes in too the venom thing is with the symbiosis uh where they kind of oh, connect yeah. and like having a host human and uh intergalactic type of go. uh item there yeah that's actually i but see they, there you go like when i first saw it, i was like venom but then i was thinking about it now it's like eh, maybe not perfect like to- totally makes sense in the venom front but the other two especially it's like the- mm-hmm. even with iron man like his stuff kind of like his suit feels nanotechy uh so it- it's to me if this is i think calling it this is iron man meets green lantern meets venom yeah yeah or, or i think you could throw ant-man in there certainly for the bug relations but uh having uh you know ted is not really um not howard stark uh hank pym uh, but there is a sci- rich scientist benefactor behind uh, Jaime Reyes, much like Paul Rudd's Ant-Man, Scott Lang's Ant-Man was, right? So mm. there, there's some similarities there aside from the bug stuff. I think you could even make an argument for Moon Knight, just again, kind of with like the symbiosis and having like, not really voices, but that, that sort of com- a conversation going on with an entity. Uh, mm. I think there is some some sort of uh similarities there but yeah you know there's a couple maybe batman with all his gadgets with the, with the cool beetle uh the giant beetle bug could mm. be like the the batmobile batwing or or batflex uh crawler thing whatever that was yeah yeah maybe with with on the cord end of things but i really think like the way you put it is the best way that's why i was like i'm, I'm not even gonna try and think about this any further because yeah. yeah a couple a couple different ways you could do that there i think i'm my I think i'm dying out here am i sketching out on you you are sketching out on me a little bit um do you want me to take thing i'll take us into the next thing then yeah all right so where does this rank among other recent dc movies so we're gonna go all the way back into late last year late 2022 black adam came out at that time uh we also had shazam since then the flash which we reviewed as well and then blue beetle so those four west where does blue beetle fall 
Yeah, so I was thinking about this, and I think I think the Flash and Blue Beetle are close. Uh, certainly in in a tier separate from Black Adam and uh, in Shazam too, right? So, but I think what I liked about the Flash is that they took more chances and hit on more things. It's, they have more memorable comic book moments, comic book movie moments. Blue Beetle does a lot of things really well. It's a, it's a solid singles hitter. Could be maybe a number two or a number eight in the lineup sort of thing. You know, you know what I mean? Could nice table setter, or maybe you get that double leadoff man in the eight or nine slot. But I think the Flash is more of your like 240 average, 30 home runs, like kind of like a Kyle Schwarber type who can hit bombs, but mm. it may strike out a lot. I think you're being generous to Kyle Schwarber right now. Uh, no, he's well, right beast. currently, but I just think <laughs> yeah. throughout the yeah. totality yeah. of his career. Of course, yeah. no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yes, no, I think that that is that is a pretty good way to describe the Flash. Um, and then when it comes to Blue Beetle, I, to me, if we're going to keep this analogy up, to me, I think Blue Beetle is like Bill Miller in the year that he won the batting title. Like out of okay. nowhere, he goes and surprises everybody, and he's the leader in the clubhouse. Can he maintain it? I don't know, but he's like, he did a really good job and there's no way denying it. So for me, that th this gets number one of this grouping. So this guy, Bill Miller, the Blue Beetle hit two grand slams from uh, both sides of the plate in the same inning. This is what Blue Beetle did for you? Huh. Well, now. No, again, really. That, that was the same year, wasn't it? Uh, it might have been. I don't know. Maybe it, it was 03 the year Remember, before. Did you, I don't know, but... did you collect the the bazooka cards at that time, or were you out of card collecting? No, I was out. I was out of okay. game. They had, they had like these like comic cards for Bazooka Joe, because obviously Bazooka Gum came with them. Mm -hmm. And they had it for Bill Miller, where he hit Grand Slam on both sides of the plane. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. I believe it was against the Texas Rangers. Sounds right. Yeah. yeah. I, I believe it was. I don't know. I'm not sure, though. But Can't okay. Tell you're wrong. Uh, yeah, we'll go with it. Yeah, I think that's that's good. You know, Black Adam, again, I think I remember having a similar reaction uh, to Blue Beetle as Black Adam, huh. uh, where it was like, there's nothing big about this. They don't do anything like really spectacular other than maybe uh, the JSA, right, and the supporting cast of Black Adam. But there, it was a pretty boilerplate, solid movie. So I disagree on this front. I think that Black Adam was solid. I did. I remember watching it thinking, this is better than I expected to be. Mm -hmm. and I, I thought where Blue Beetle, we like, I don't know. Black Adam was like, I don't think this is going to be good. That's how I felt. And I, I don't know if you were, I don't feel like you were. Yes. Different. Yeah. I wasn't excited for, for Black Adam. I, I had more, um, uh, what's the word? Like uh, more indifference to Blue Beetle. Right. Yes, that's fair. So at the end of it all, I thought, yeah, Black Adam was good. I had a fun time. It was solid. Blue Beetle like had, has heart. And I think as much as Black Adam has solid action, Blue Beetle has some really, really good action. Like, mm -hmm. I get what you're saying about the home runs, like um, like with the Flash, like where it has Michael Keaton in it and everything. Totally get that. But I think that Blue Beetle, like I, I'm taking Blue Beetle over the Flash every day. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it's interesting because we'll, this kind of rolls into the next question with my thought where uh, where does this rank among comic book superhero movies that were recently released? Right. So mm. uh, maybe within the last year or two, I think I think Spider-Verse is up there. You put in T Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, rightfully so. Um, I, I, I missed that from the list there. But, yeah, I think I went Spider-Verse, Flash uh, or Spider-Verse, Guardians of the Galaxy, Flash, Blue Beetle, Ant-Man 3, Black Adam, Shazam 2. But I had some questions uh, about Guardian 3 because it just came out on Disney Plus. I went to go rewatch it and it was very depressing. I had like it was a very dark movie uh, yeah. upon a second rewatch. And I'm just not sure 
if the rewatchability is going to be there for me. Like I would go back and enjoy a watch from Blue Beetle or from The Flash or obviously Spider-Verse. You didn't, Does that make sense? You didn't catch that that was I'm, – I'm hung up on this. You, you didn't catch no, that No, I dark? knew I knew it was a dark movie, but coming back to it, I was like, oh, man, I, it was really dark. I think I was yeah. more – like upon the first watch, you still kind of have the excitement of like where is this going to go? So like, gotcha. while you know that it's uh, like dark stuff's happening, you're still kind of like invested into seeing where it goes. But now as a rewatch, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to go through and watch all this torture stuff. Like in the beginning, it's, it's it, it, like the first 15 minutes is like a tough get through. I would watch. I would imagine that's a tough rewatch. I don't know when I'm going to do it, but I, I I loved that movie. But I that's definitely one where you can't just like, hey, I'm going to pop it on and watch yeah. this shit. Like this is not this is you, you got to really sit down and invest in it. Whereas like across the Spider-Verse. TMNT, Mutant Mayhem, and honestly, Blue Beetle too. I think those are movies you can kind of just pop on whatever, and you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. No, um, I I agree. But um, we have a similar we have a similar feel to all this across the Spider Verse, Guardians Three, TMNT, Mutant Mayhem, Blue Beetle. Then I'm between Ant Man and the Flash, and I think when we get to our retcon episode that we do at the end of the year, this will be the third time we've done it. Mm-hmm. Ant Man, I had too high. Uh, I do want to rewatch it before I, I uh, alter the grading, but I, I gave it like an 89 and this is not a better, that's not a better movie than Blue Beetle. Yeah, no, no I, I agree too. And even just from a CGI standpoint, I think they do a lot mm. better with the CGI. I think this is going to come up here. Uh, the, the suit looked awesome, right? The suit looked great. Yeah. Um, what was the most rewatchable scene from this movie? We're in the same page on this one. There's no question about it. Like where, where he, like Jaime, where uh, Blue Beetle and his family, like, they all at the end get going like it in, mm-hmm. in specifically when after uh, Jaime's mom gives him that speech, once he gets, like he comes in the music that they played there. I meant to look up that song, but it was perfect for that whole fight. The hallway fight sequence. I forget what it was too, but yeah, that I remember thinking the, the musical sequence with that. Yeah, it did really work. Although what didn't work for me was the mother's speech. The mother's speech didn't, didn't land for me. The whole mother character didn't really work. It felt like a little redundant with having the grandmother there as well, kind of being that like a uh, matriarchal, uh, you know, influence on him. The so. mother, the mother's speech kind of landed. It landed. You know what it was? That was when, the uh what was the ai's uh not the ai the um kachi kachi G or something oh oh, yeah. oh you're talking about the scarab or the actual like oh body suit yeah yeah it's like the Ka- kachi G. yeah i think it's like kachi that. i think it's kachi so when she like quoted the mom kachi i love i loved when she quoted the mom and said like let's kick their ass mm-hmm. i love that um, the speech, I was like, okay, like I'm excited to see what's going to happen, but yeah, it wasn't necessary. It was odd. Like the, that character was, yeah. So, so of, of all of them, the way, the way she was written, she was my least, uh, yeah, probably my least favorite of the family members. Might've been the acting. Might've not been. It might've been. It just, it didn't, it didn't work for me. Whatever the case was, but for the mo- most rewatchable scene, I agree. Once they, once Jamie reconnects with the scarab after, uh, you know, seeing his father, uh, who had just passed there and kind of, again, coming back into the fold. He gets the big mega sword, which I think it might be an anime sword. Uh, I think I always saw that somewhere. Yeah, that He's kind of like, like dragging it in the line there. And he's got, it's like a heavy, heavy, almost like an executioner's sword. Uh, that was really cool. And then he kind of figures out that he can make up any weapons that he wants. Of course, it's the culminating fight scene. You mentioned, too, that all the family members kind of get their own spot. It's a little cheesy, but they all get their own little moment to shine with these uh, you know, old, outdated, 
devices, right? Yeah. So a couple things. One with the big sword. That was awesome. I don't know if the manga Berserk is the first one that introduced that sword, but that's the one I think of when I okay. when I see a sword like that. So that was I, like that was so cool. The other thing when you talk about the, all the family getting their moments, uh, uh, Nana was oh my god, she was the, great. The Nana one, the the first time I'm like, oh, who is this lady? She's like kind of getting into it, and she's like yeah. looking over the map and everything, you know, like that. Yep. Like, that was kind of funny. Then you know, she was like a resistance or something like that, right? Yeah. So it's like it was pretty. That was pretty cool to see. She was awesome. That was like like you know the sister moment was kind of cool, and obviously. Um, What's his face? Uh, Rudy was like was fun all around. But yeah. Getting getting Nana to like when she like when her hair drops and she's holding that gun like 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 I forget what the sister's name is. But she's like, why do you know how to hold that so well? Yeah, yeah. And she's just got like the, the freaking Gatlin gun. She's just like <laughs> mowing people down. Like that was that was very fun to see. Oh, she was um, good. Yeah. So, but again, there's not like there's not a huge amount of action scenes that kind of replay out here. You know, I think there's, there's some good scenes that, that are set and there's a lot of great stuff going on with the family, but you know, you, you get the mirror match uh, villain here too, which will come up in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you think will age the best from this movie? Um, I think Bruno Mark, Mark, Marquezine's career. Gonna, because the second I'm like, she, she's, she's got the look and she was good. She was a good actress. Like, I think she's, She's going to take off from here. Um, yeah. and like you said, like the on-screen chemistry was, was great. between the it, two. it was, and it was a little like risque. You know, yeah. There, there's like, there's like boner talk in there. And then like about wh- where do you want to ride me? You know, like that sort of th- at the end, you know, she, she gives some steamy looks there for uh, what I imagine is a PG 13 movie. Yeah, that was, uh, they, they were, they were definitely uh, having some fun on, on that end of it. Um, the action sequences. The, the action there was like I think it was like three ones that in general were awesome um and even the intro to the blue beetle suit those kind of things can be like okay cool I thought that was kind of like he had no control over it and everything I was like all right I I've you know because there's there's a lot of this that, that we've seen this before you know yes. what I mean and that's kind of just the state of comic book movies and, and and just kind of the comic books in general right these characters were written in comics they're gonna be inspired by other heroes and it's going to be a like we talked about earlier a maglamation and smashing of different heroes put together with different powers so i think it's kind of hard to avoid that yes and i i agree and this is kind of why in my like larger my like overarching review of this there are those bones of like superhero origin story i just think they did some of those things well i yeah. thought that yeah, yeah. was done well so it's like yeah mm-hmm. it, it, like has been done before yes but i liked the way they did it absolutely so, yeah i yeah. agree and then the heart of this movie i mean that's mm-hmm, the big thing we've mm-hmm. talked about it already and then in general the suit the way it operates again like you said it's it's iron man meets um green lantern meets uh venom mm-hmm. i thought in general it, that like that the way it functions is great and the way it looks not just from like the design being cool but the cgi how well it's done like this is this will stand the test of time I think it looks really cool. I love the overall tone of the movie. It was fairly lighthearted. You know, you mentioned the uh, the heart of this movie. I think that's, you know, the family's at the center of it. Having that extended family all in kind of a close-knit, uh, close quarters, I think was really great. You mentioned the Nana. Uh, Rudy being a conspiracy theorist, I thought was hysterical. Um, I think that was just great stuff. With the with the long rat tail uh, in the back, I think that, that, yeah. that's good stuff. Yeah. 
the we mentioned the the sexual innuendos there is watching blue beetle in action like you said the, the suit was really cool and i thought the uh mix of martial arts and kind of toggling back and forth almost like spider-man to going from stun mode to kill mode you know like that sort of thing like i thought that was cool and here is what i did like although it kind of goes off the deep end a little bit later but killing the father i think that added a, a st- level of stakes to this uh, which I think this movie, you know, I'm not sure if it would have had, you know, the, the meeting in the afterlife or whatever that was, uh, after was a little bit too much. Mm. Uh, yeah, but that again, I thought, I thought it all kind of worked for, yes. again, w- with the movie's tone, the dynamic of everything, but I, I like the fact that they killed someone off close to him. We're going to, I'm going to keep the afterlife chatter for a little bit later. Cause mm-hmm. I will we'll just leave it at that. But I agree. Like actually offing him and i was thinking in the course of that whole like they they laid the perfect foundation for it too like i had a he had a heart attack and you mentioned it and then you kind of move on for a second we got to keep moving forward like we're fine mm-hmm. whatever and That's then he's totally back later to yep it comes up later and they and and when they started like the whole attack i was like this is gonna he's gonna have something happen to him it's gonna happen and they they like i felt it like it was very for me it was definitely i i got more emotional in this movie than i expected to yeah, absolutely. I think there's there's a strong family element that you're rooting for, right? It's pretty easy, and they're pretty likable. Um, and and all like the again the ribbing on one and one another and everything. Like I thought that worked out really good. Uh, what do you think will age the worst from this movie? Hmm. Okay, so we mentioned the mirror uh, match villain, like yes, just in general. Like, look, hey, Carapax, he had a an interesting story, and I, but again, like we're talking about. Nah. See, I, I didn't even really care about his story like because you i knew that was going to come up like halfway through this movie i was like he's going to sacrifice himself at the end there because oh. it was the moment that he looked at his um uh is it yeah, locket, the, the locket, you know yeah. yeah the first time that that gets mentioned or the first time that you mentioned that you know he used to have you could tell that something wasn't going to be right with him with just like certain looks and then mm. like this guy's going to sacrifice himself we know susan sarandon's like the real bad guy here and he was just kind of like the bodyguard, the muscle. Um, so there was, I, I just saw that coming because he also very clearly is a Latino man. I just felt like it made, made sense. Gotcha. So I still, either way, like I, I didn't like, he was just rough. Like I wasn't a big fan of like, the, Hey, the, the design of his armor at the end was really, really cool. It was interesting. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But yeah, other than other than that, him and Victoria, they didn't do a whole heck of a lot for me. But I th- and that, that was definitely where this movie lost points. But I think they did a good job of like hiding them in the course of the movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree too. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think Susan Sarandon is a good villain. I think she plays a good corporate mean girl. You, you know what I mean? Uh, I think she does that very well. But uh, you know, again, I don't, know. I, I don't, I don't think, think that she's ahead, done sorry. that a, a couple of times. I feel like she's played that role a lot. Right, I'm not saying in general. I'm saying in this movie, I just, I just felt she felt kind of clunky to me, and I don't think it was the writing. I think it was more her. I think she was trying to. She was too cookie cutter. Well, I thought something that was very, very uh, lazy, or maybe even cookie cutter, was her reasoning for her heel heel turn, right? Because her and Ted are brother and sister, right? To their their father of Cord Industries there. But the grand, the the father and Victoria were like minded in being like all all in on weapons manufacturing. Ted was more of the benevolent type, right? Uh, but at, on his deathbed, they leave everything to Ted, and just and they they 
chalk it up to sexism is what they say. But I was like that. I feel like that's just so lazy and just like surface surface level deep. Right. Because a, a great thing, and I'm thinking of this through the movie, it, it, like took me out of it for a second. was like, you have this guy who is a benevolent guy. What if you have the father who's making this decision, have it, have a change of heart on his deathbed. And it's like, I've made bad decisions. I don't want Victoria to make those bad decisions. I'm going to hand the company over to Ted who has a kinder heart and a yeah. different approach to this to change the company around. He then runs it into the ground. She takes it over and it is, and she's pissed about not getting the company. And now she can finally run things her way. I don't know. That seems so, simple enough. I agree with you because I think that that is how she acted in right. this movie that's what this movie felt like the whole time the they it felt like the whole like hey this is like a sexist that she gave it to, to ted instead of her i was like well you mean that the wire are we going to explore that more are you just going to throw it's that just out said there and, and then yeah, yeah 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 it was it was a throwaway thing i'm not saying you couldn't have done it and made it work but you just you didn't like it was just it was out there and like, all right we moved past it. So maybe I would have felt different about her performance. Maybe I still don't think I would have. I thought she was kind of just like, fine. Like, okay. Like she wasn't overpowering enough in the movie that as like that, that it, it bothered me. But yes, I agree. Like that was the way that was used was just like, it was just a throwaway thing. Yeah. And what, what I, what I found funny is, you know, the, the reoccurring of her scientist henchmen there, Sanchez, who she kept mm. referring to as Sanchez, whose his name was not Sanchez. Yeah. And there, he has that big moment. He's like, that's not my name. My name is blah, 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 whatever he says. In the IMDb, <laughs> let me see here. Harvey Guillen, I think he's on What We Do in the Shadows in the TV show. Oh, his, my his role is Dr. Sanchez. That's amazing. <laughs> what? So that is his name. I mean, according to us, right? And from, from our perspective there in our universe. Yeah, I'm wow, that's confusing. I'm actually curious because when he did the full name, I thought it was like maybe I'm wrong. I, 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 I've only seen some of what we do in the shadows, like not enough to, to include it on my um with the DSG list. Uh, sure, and, yeah, yeah, but but like I was, I thought he had like a really long name there, and I didn't know if that was like the joke they were kind of trying to play off of. Oh, but anyways, that's his, his name in real life, yeah. No, I mean, it could have been. Uh, but yeah, so I, I thought that I had a good laugh when I was putting the, the script together. I was like, oh, that's that seems weird. Um, how about uh, an incoherent uh, or, or glossed over backstory of the scarab? Yeah, I mean, because we're, we're told that this is like a world destroying device. Yeah, and it has a mind of its own. So like, I, I wonder, like, I, I assume once they become one with Jaime, right, that it's like some of his goodness takes over. But yeah. if the idea is for the scarab to be this world destroying device, why would it seek out a good hearted person? I, I to me, that that's actually a fair point. Well, maybe it's because it's so powerful. But either way, I, however, if I try and logic it out, it's not going to satisfy. Yeah, no, I know. It's that's. I think that's why it's like a great unanswerable question because it, it does yeah. kind of gloss over it in the opening credits there, and you kind of see some like interesting stuff with it, but it's not really touched on. It's a good. It's a good unanswerable question, and personally, I I thought the way the movie moved, like the like to the beat of jazz, some would say, um, <laughs> I thought it was like it, I didn't even think about that in the course of viewing it. No, I agree. I just went with it. This was this came up over the course, uh, you know, of, of reviewing the movie after the fact. But yeah, uh, I think I think the pacing was pretty good actually. I got yeah, no, it it was, and um, the other thing was um on what age the worst we touched on this already for me mm -hmm. 
just the, the Jaime dad conversation in the afterlife. I, my thing is, if it's in his head, okay, if it's in the afterlife, it just feels like so out of place for this movie. Yeah, it's 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 an odd scene. Again, this is uh, Black Panther, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or whatever. There's probably a couple other moments there. Frigga and, uh, and Thor and, and Endgame, you know, that sort of thing. So, um yeah, it, it, it seemed a little weird. Uh, I think he was in the afterlife, though. Okay. I and think it's fine. the afterlife. Yeah. Okay. By the way, I've been this whole time, I'm trying to figure out what his full... I can't find his full name from Blue Beetle. It just keeps saying Dr. Sanchez. Yeah, is, see? Like, everyone's just slandering him left and right. But I feel like... Okay, so he, in, in what we do in the shadows, his name is Guillermo de la Cruz. So I, they definitely said he definitely said De La Cruz. Oh yeah, I can see. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. maybe so there might have been a joke that was on there that he like, um, had him put put the name in there. That's interesting. Yeah. But or how yeah, about how about the the white lady at Cord Industries, uh, the receptionist there, who just kept calling Jaime Jamie, like even after like he corrected her. Like I don't think that happens in real life. It's <sighs> <laughs> a cosmic gumbo there. Yeah, Corey in the chat. Um, but uh, I don't know about that. Like, I feel so. People get names wrong. No, I. You know, what? I've definitely. But if witnessed. someone, but if someone corrects you, it's I've, like I've no, no, no. It. really? Yes. Yes. I don't know, man. That's why. Just like flatly, be like, no, fuck you. I'm going to call you what I want. I don't know. That that seems uh extreme. So maybe maybe the manner in which she did it was extreme. But I've definitely seen that before. Well, it's like this is clearly that person's name. Okay, I got it. Say it wrong again. No, it's this. Okay, got it. Say it wrong again. Like I've, I, can, I have, but seen it that. wasn't even like if it's close, you know. Like if you say like Himmy to Jaime, but like to be like, no, I'm going to continue saying it the way I said it the first time. Mm, well, that's interesting. Yeah, she was an asshole. There's no question yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, so this rolls into a good question, where you know whether it's the the Jaime dad convo. Uh, who actually did a really good job. I think he is Noho Hanks' lover in Barry. I knew oh. I recognized him from somewhere there, but oh. uh, I like that actor. He was good, um, though. Yeah, you're right. Um, but, yeah, so whether it's that convo or the, the gloss over story of, of the Scarab, uh, some more unanswerable questions. Is this in James Gunn's DC Universe? He might have answered this already. Maybe. It needs to be. Did he? Did he not answer it? Did he, did he skirt the question? I feel like he's skirted it so far. I think he was like waiting to see which way the wind was going to blow. Like if this was going to be a well-received movie, he's like, eh, maybe we'll throw it in there. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I think just wait to see the finished product too. And I mean, this is awesome. Like it's, it's very good. So I don't know how you don't go forward with, I, I would think there, are I think it should. Things. I don't see what the issue is. You know, I don't think it's a bad movie by any means. I think he's a cool character. You know, like I don't see why, why they wouldn't there, have him. in there. You have three quality characters from this. You should be able to move forward. Yeah. yeah. So with that said, this, this gets a sequel. I should because we've got the the mid and end credit scene there, right? With with Ted being alive, uh, who I heard that voice was uh, Jason Sudeikis. Hmm. Another okay. playing another famous Ted. Okay. All right. Is All right. Ted Cont Cord? Ted, is Ted Cord. Cord Ted Lasso? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe could be. Why not? Yeah, I don't know. Who the knows? Crossover, there? The crossover we've all been waiting for. Let's, yeah, it could be. It could be nice there. Um, yep, yeah, well, no, we got that. What does Rudy do for a living? 
Because <laughs> he's just like a, a handyman fixer who creates this uh, camera blocking device, signal blocking device, like on a whim in the back of his car, knows how to fly the, the blue beetle bug. Uh, but you know, so I, so at the end, I just assumed that he was like, cause he was crapping on cord industries and how they make like shitty tech and all that stuff. Mm. Right. Mm. But so at the end, when, uh, Jenny replaces his truck, I thought she was going to get him a job at cord Industries. I did too. I did too. And maybe she did, but it, it was weird that they didn't go and say that. And also to that end too, with Rudy, like, so it's, how does he know how to fly blue beetle? Like, like the, the, the blue beetle machine or whatever it is, like, like out of nowhere, mm -hmm. um, I trust I trust that he kind of knew what he was doing just because he's so like into weird stuff and he has like a tech understanding. I was fine with it. But that's what the, I mean. I got, what was his previous job? I thought we were maybe be like, oh man, they fired me because I couldn't do anything. And he just like used to work at court or something. Maybe. I don't know. But my I just wanted to bring this up with the mom when she was flying out afterwards. Like I wanted, like I kind of liked where she was like losing her shit as she was flying it. But at the same time, I'm like, why are you flying it now? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why, yeah. why is Rudy not flying anymore? Are we just trying to give you your moment at the end of it all? And I think when I look at it all, Wes, like, I don't. I'm, I mean, maybe like one point is lost because of like how they what they tried to do with her. But other than that, the big losses for me were like Carapax on points, Carapax, Victoria, and then like the weird afterlife combo. Just yeah, out there. I tell you something that I did like. I should have touched on this earlier. Was the sister taking a dump in uh, Victoria's sweeper? <laughs> I, I <laughs> love, love a good girl dump, you know, dropping yeah. heat. Yeah, that it's was, hot down there. You gotta, that you was gotta, funny. gotta let them go. Yeah, that was that fun. Was, yeah. Uh, okay, this, this so this is actually works in nicely. Uh, who had the best performance by a side character? Wait, wait, wait. wait. I had one. Unsp unsp oh, no. Question. Okay. Go yes. ahead, please. So uh, we talked about a ton already about the, um, the afterlife question. So not to ruin your transition. I apologize. No, don't, but don't. This isn't so much an unanswerable question, but I want to hear what your thoughts are for this as a foundation for, for a sequel idea. Jaime, Jennifer and Rudy all back for the sequel have, pivotal roles okay this. you got to bring the sister back too right i mean she, I'd she be was open too close to into the fold but yeah i'd I hear be, you yeah i'd be open to it, but definitely have to have those three those are the, the those are the most like those are the most versatile characters of the three i think maybe the mm -hmm. sister then ted cord obviously is set up to be in the sequel then a guy named booster gold who i know you're not familiar with i've heard this name before though okay well him and ted cord's blue beetle are buddies and Booster Gold is like this OP guy from the future, but he's a total fucking jackass. And like not in a mean way, he's just a dummy. I remember hearing this was like one of the characters that D, uh, James Gunn wanted to develop or someone like that would be obscure that would, would want to fold in here. And I think like the fan casting was Chris, uh, uh, not Chris Pine. No, the, the best Chris. Uh, not Pat? Not Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Thank you. Yes. Okay. I that, no, that would definitely Chris Pratt could definitely play Booster Gold. And I think we heard that we were, that was one of the projects. Yeah, you're right. That, that, was, that, yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's why he, James Gunn didn't say anything because he wanted to see how this goes, see how it played out, and then if we're gonna do a Booster Gold movie, then you'll have Ted Cord in there, and then you can bring maybe these other characters in the mix. You don't have to, but you can because Booster Gold's from the future. So there's a whole lot of different dynamics. And that's why I'm not like, bring the whole Reyes family back. That's not why I'm saying that. Like, it's because they like time travel. I don't know if you can make it work where you have all of them there. 
That's that, that's interesting. I like that. That's okay. That's a good unanswerable question. I answer yes. Thank you. That's all I need. Yeah. <laughs> I live for uh, There we go. Uh, best performance by a side character. Whom from the Reyes family gets chosen? It's down to two people. As much as I said what I said about Rudy and him being the one that should go into a like a movie that's set in the future, I take him. I take Nana over him in this one. He's awesome. He's great. But Nana Reyes, I mean, just what she does at the end, she you know she has this like matriarch kind of forceful way to her. Um, but like she doesn't she's still like sitting in the back and just kind of letting things go and being supportive where she can and so on. But then when she lets her hair down mm-hmm. at the end, it's like, oh, Nana's Nana's fucking ready to go. I think that first moment for me when I realized that with her is uh, when she gathers the family together after uh, uh, the father dies and she's like, now is not the time for crying. Mm. Now is the time to get back at her enemies. And she like really riles it up. That's why I feel like the mother's speech a little later on falls flat because we already got that strong kind of team gathering kind of like nut up type of uh, moment from her. And this is where some of the acting maybe was not great on her end. But this is where the writing fell flat because in the end she could have still given a good a good speech, but in a different way because mm-hmm. you're, where where Nana is like ready to go and she's like a borderline leader in all of this. Mom could have been like, "I'm not the one in charge. I can't go and help you do this." Like she, mm-hmm. there's a way this could have been written better. No, I, I agree. There, there's another work around there, but I do yeah. want to give my love for Rudy Reyes here because oh, yeah. uh, George Lopez really goes for it here. I mean, he's just kind of letting loose. He's going nuts. He's falling all over the places. He's doing physical comedy. He's got one liners. He's improvising on the set. Um, he's, he's a funny guy. I, it was nice to get a comeback performance from uh, George Lopez here because I watched, I watched a little bit of the George Lopez program when it first came out. I believe it was on ABC uh, it was a funny show. It's a good show. It was on ABC first. I, I think so. Know I could. I know wrong. it was on Nickelodeon know. later on. I know that. Mm, was uh, there, yeah. Wait, are you talking about the late night show or the sitcom? The sitcom. Yeah, that one's one that was on Nickelodeon later. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, because he, he said it's done a lot. Like I remember, those are the two things I remember him for. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a big George Lopez guy. You know, I'm, I'm I'm a fan of his whole collection. Yeah. Well, there you go. Who knew? <laughs> See, he uh, won, I love Cor- Corey gets it here and yeah. he won him over. That that was such an over the top performance. Again, needed a little bit of zaniness because there was a lot of emotion, a lot of heart into it. So I think he, he offers that pretty well. Yes. And Corey in the chat too, a good example of why you want to watch us on our YouTube channel. I know today Wes, Wes gave you all a freebie over on Twitter as well. But... I did not. I didn't even let them know. I just cut the stream off like, uh, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, oh. just like the, when the parents find out that you're you're watching the scribbled porn, you know they just pull the plug. Finger to the throat means death. All right, <laughs> let's see. Uh, who lost this movie, Wes? Uh, maybe this movie. Maybe the movie lost. No what one went to mean? go see it. Unfortunately, mm. it, it may you know it kind of suffered from this dead in the water purgatory stage of not being in the old DCU, but maybe not quite being in the new DCU. So we don't really know where it is. This is the same problem that Shazam 2 uh, suffered from. It's going to be the same problem. It's the same problem that The Flash suffered from, despite all of its uh, big swings there. It's going to be the same problem that Aquaman 2 suffers in December, or whenever that movie comes out. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's, it's kind of just tough where it is. But I think given the cards and the hand that it was dealt, it did a whole lot of good. Yeah, but I, it, in spite of that, it may not matter. I 
think this is a fair assessment. I think I'm just on the opposite side of it, where it's like the people who are choosing not to see this movie are also losing out on seeing a, a fun movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah. at the same time, like I don't think you have to go to the theaters necessarily. Maybe if you want to go on the four dollar day, mm, yes, you know. But I don't think it's necessary to go see this in theaters. No. Um, no, but if you haven't seen, well, the thing is, there's been a lot. There's been quite a few good movies out recently where maybe you don't right. have to, especially for adults and for kids. But this is definitely one where you can both be on the same level. Like, I don't think Mario and and TMNT weren't that, or or Spider Verse, but this is a little bit. I don't know if it's, it's a little bit older, but either way, I, I I think if you're just ignoring this because because of the whole DCEU, like it, like the the mess that it's become or the transition period that it's in, if you're just ignoring mm-hmm. it because of that. You're missing out. Like if you and I do think that Jaime Reyes could last into James Gunn's plans. I think it should. I think it's worked. I love the whole like Miami Vice type of feel, but in like a futuristic world. You know, like the the whole palette. I think was really uh, really worked for me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, who won this movie? The Reyes family. They were the big takeaway here. I think they were the driving force of it. Love the connectivity of the family there. The extended family having anyone everyone under a tight roof. Although I did get major anxiety seeing uh, that first scene where the scarab connects to uh, Jaime and the whole house is ruined. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, the the work that has to go in. They, the guy already, they, they can't keep their shop open. They're losing their, I guess they're losing the house anyway. But Yeah. Um, I think the, like, the people who put this movie together, I mean, I know I list off Angel or Angel uh, Manuel Soto, the director. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know where to give credit in in that regard, but like it's just like this. The action in this is great. The CGI and all of this is really awesome. The acting, like by and large, is very good. I mean, we're picking mm-hmm. apart a few people here, but like there's a like Rudy, Nana, Jaime, Jennifer, and blanking on the sister's name. They're all great. They mm-hmm. were all they were all awesome. Like again, and, and the dad, you've, you've talked about him a ton. All of them. And then you have a few, like a few that you know, kind of fall flat. But that's like that they they did really well. So Milagros, the sister's name. Milagro. Okay, I'm giving it to the director here, um, because I think you just everything came together well, and I think that he he deserves more opportunities from here, like after the way this movie was uh, was put together. But I, I there may be other people that deserve it, but um, but yeah, that's my winner. No, I like that. It's a, it's a good stuff. It's a good movie. So just to, to reiterate, Nick gives it gives it an eighty seven. I give it an eighty five. Uh, you know, it's a great origin story. Uh, CMMCU rankings averages out to an eighty six. There we go. There, I can do that math. Good math. Um, but yeah, so that's that's good stuff. Go check out Blue Beetle. Have some fun. Go spend yes, four dollars at your theater on August twenty seventh. Yes, I wait, agree. Wait, wait, wait. No. It's little that? Uzi's vert. Little, oh. <laughs> I just sounded so old there. Little Uzi vert. I just want to rock. It's, it's off the the soundtrack. So that was, it was oh. just what I did there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There's, it has some connection to the the actual movie. I swear. Got it. Okay. But that's it. Because we already did the discharge depot. The train has already left the station. Uh, next week is my birthday week. Uh, so that means a free play for me here. I get to come oh, yeah. up with something. Uh, I need to do a little extra reconnaissance work here. I have a couple of movies that I like, but I just want to, uh, we'll, we'll settle down on a nice movie here. So we'll call it TBD. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fair to say. We still get some dudes grunting in the background here. 
It's the same back time, same path. Place. <laughs>